No, and this is me. Thank you, everyone. Woo! Okay, so in case we have a really special service planned today, it is a service on the celebration of first fruits. Um, so if we can't see autumn around us, we're going to make autumn here, right? So um, it's going to be a really wonderful celebration. I'm going to invite um, those that are beginning the service for the call to worship, if they will please join me here at the front as we begin to prepare ourselves. So I'll invite Cynthia and Kingsley and Amy, if you'll please come up and join me. I've asked Miss Amy, who doesn't usually sit over there, to sit in the front today. <laughs> Thanks, Amy. Good morning, everybody. It's so great to be in the house of the Lord. You know, when I when I come to this uh, worship service on a Sunday morning, I'm filled with joy. I just want to dance and praise the Lord. So, you know, if you see me dancing up here, just join me. Just uh, so please stand and join me in the call to worship. Come, let us worship the wondrous gifts that God has given us. Through all our lives, God has blessed us with love and hope. Praise be to God who provides for us. May our hearts be truly grateful, and may we show our gratitude by the ways in which we live and care for others. Hallelujah. Amen. The time for worship is here. We, we have, have come, come from far and wide to offer our praise to God for God's many blessings to us. Open your hearts to God's compassionate words of love. Help us, O oh Lord, to receive your gifts in gratitude and to live lives of helpful service to others. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Praise be to God, who has given us the season, the year. In these times, we are witnesses to God's creative power and the miracle of growth in all creation. Grant surrounded us with love and mercy. Even though we sometimes stray from God, we are still forgiven and redeemed. In the presence of God, we are made confident and strong. In the presence of God, Sorry. we are loved and made Open our hearts today, O oh God, to hear your words and to redeem, of redeeming love. Open our lives today, O oh Lord, to help us become your disciples. Amen. Amen. And friends, we take a seat now as we wait for the children to bring in some of the gifts. Thank you. 
Hey, Amy. Oh, Amy. Let's give it up for Amy. Is that too smart? Thank you. And so the children will now bring in the generous gifts that have been given. And won't you just remain standing here, please? Oh, all the children will remain standing. Thank you so much for the generosity and all these gifts will be given for nourishing lives. I'm not sure about the mango tree, <laughs> but we actually give God thanks because the mango tree came from Reverend Alphonse's family for us to celebrate today. Isn't that special? So friends, just before the children and the teens just take a seat, today is a very special day in the life of the church as we celebrate the gifts that God has given us and all that we have, but we also celebrate the life of Brooke. Now Brooke has been here since she was born, before she was born. <laughs> And everybody, those of you that have witnessed her grow up and just become an incredible woman and a woman of faith, she has studied and she will be leaving us to move to, let me tell you, Miami. <laughs> um, so Brooke, um, from all of us here, it has just been a joy in the last couple of months to work with you and to get to know you, to see your passion, the way you love young people, we're excited about what God has planned for your life. Now, we're not allowed to say goodbye because we know your mother very well, okay? And um, all we got to do is to say what a privilege it is to watch you grow into this next season because she's going to be part of us, guys. So I'm going to ask you to come up here. Put your, Let's just pray for her. Can you, like, maybe just let's come around her and pray for her. It's horrible to be up here all on her own. Can we do that? <laughs> I'm going to ask Pay, um, Pastor Peyton and Pastor Lisa if they would join me and if they would come as we pray for Brooke, please, as she begins. And guess what? We've got cake for after the service, okay? And we're going to eat some cake and cut some cake with Brooke. Okay. So let's pray for Brooke. Lord God, we just thank you for Brooke. We thank you that in every season and generation, you raise up leaders. Sometimes they are with us for a very long time and sometimes just for a season. But we thank you, God, that Brooke's life has been shaped here, molded here, and we thank you, God, for the gift that she has become as another generation in the line of her family to bless this community. We thank you, God, that you go before her, that you know the plans and purposes you have for her life, that she is greatly gifted by you, God. And we thank you for the time that she has given and served and that she will always be part of us and we will be part of her. And we pray, God, that in this next season that you would bless her that you would make your face to shine upon her, that you would be gracious to her. We honor you for her life and her ministry in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. amen. Okay, amen. Now don't disappear yet. Don't disappear yet. Don't. I'm going to ask now if Mr. Weller would lead us in the opening prayer. I believe in, in my conversations with Ms. Luella that part of the journey of beginning the first fruit service is that she was part of the initiating of the service. And it's wonderful for us to celebrate when we have the living memory of one another in our presence. And so I just thank God that we can celebrate in every part of what today means. So Ms. Luella, thank you so much that you will lead us today. Please, if you can... Thank you. Take your time. No, you, you don't. You can use this mic. Okay. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. 
I just want to take 30 seconds out of this prayer to tell you how my heart feels this morning. Cynthia said she is so happy that she would dance. When I feel the same way to know that this First Fruit Festival is back again. Many of you will remember years ago, not too many years ago, when it was just a harvest festival, but it went beyond the reaches of this church into the Caribbean. And it was more a Caribbean uh, culture that was introduced into the church. But now that Cynthia has taken over, you will be again tasting some of the cuisine of the Caribbean, and she has added something special that we never had over the years. And I also want to it's thank- It's not rum, is it? No. <laughs> it's ackee and codfish with rice and peas, okay? I, I, want, I want to thank Pastor Jackie because she has brought in this new uh, fresh air and especially I want to thank Amy Brown because she was one who made it plain that the Harvest Festival should return. And I want to thank um, Cynthia, who will now be championing the cause of it. And it will now be, it will not be as extensive and wide reaching as we had before many years ago. But it is now concentrated on new horizons. And all of you will be participating now. Amen. It will not be a Caribbean affair anymore. <laughs> now let us pray. Almighty and most bountiful God, as we gather this morning to celebrate your bounty, we ask that you will pour out your blessing upon us upon, and upon all these that we have presented to you this morning. We thank you, Father, for the ability to share with others the bountiful blessings that you have poured out upon us. We thank you for the hands that went out and reaped the first fruits. We thank you for the feet that carried them into the warehouses and the marketplaces and the shops. And we thank you that we have brought some of them here in this house for your blessing and, your, and for us to distribute it to those who are poor, those who are in need, and as we gather them together and share with others, we will be uh, providing for them uh, food for their physical needs and their physical uh, growth. Many years ago, dear Jesus, you took five loaves and two fish and you blessed it and you fed the hungry, 4,000, 5,000. We are asking that you will bless what we have here mm. so that we may take it to share with those who are in need. Bless us, O oh Lord God, and grant that this church will continue to share the gifts and the good things that you have poured mm. out upon us, upon all, not just here in the church, but as wide as we can take it. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. <laughs> Friends, the children will now go off to Children's Church and we will remain in worship. Thank you so much. Shall we stand together? The song says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. For he is worthy of all the praise. He's worthy of all the glory. He is worthy of all the honor. And today we want to give God thanks. Hallelujah. Yeah. 
scripture says, oh, come taste and see. Huh? I heard it. That the Lord is? Hallelujah. I give myself away so you 
Join us as she leads us in our morning prayer. Let us pray. God of infinite patience and power, how it must try your patience to watch us hurl ourselves into a season of greed and grumbling. Your blessings, your bounty have been poured out to us that we may be strengthened to be your people in service to others. Yet, we persist in attaching ourselves to the great gimmies of our world. Gimme toys, gimme wealth, gimme power. Today we have gathered here with an opportunity to step out of the race to possess to praise you and thank you for the wonderful ways in which you have blessed our lives. We spend a lot of time looking for the big blessings when all around us are the delightful blessings of everyday living, family, home, friends, the ability to enjoy laughter and share tears. There are so many ways in which you have touched our lives with your love. Help us develop for all of our lives an attitude of gratitude, never failing to thank you each day for your love and your blessings. Help us reach out to one another and to all those in need with this compassionate love. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord's Prayer. Our Father, we will receive the offering and before we do Marlene will lead the offering for us and so Marlene if you would pray for us before you receive the offering please and then we will receive it Good morning, everyone. We recognize that the greatest gift is the gift of love. May our offerings distribute this love to the world. The small world we inhabit with the suffering people we know. The larger world where the power of love is sorely needed. We make our offerings small and large with the hope and confidence that all we do, all we offer, all we say, all we think, all we hope will take root in this world and be the source of new expressions of God's love, of God's justice, of God's character, of God's mission, and of God's reign. May God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven, through us, alongside us, despise us, and for us. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Maureen. We receive the offering now. And friends, as we receive the offering, I'd like to just acknowledge and thank you so much um, for those that have given your pledges to the life of the church for 2023. 
Um, we've received, as of last week, 52 pledges. I know some people have asked where they are to put their pledges. We do have a basket in the front, or you can put it in the offering basket if you have still not put in your pledges. I know that there are a number of people that have previously pledged that we do receive regular offerings where we haven't received the pledges yet, and we thank you for those in advance as we prepare ourselves for 2023. Thanks so much, Molly. Thank you so much. Would you stand with us as we sing? Beautiful hymn. Seated. 
And so I invite Cynthia, who will share a little bit about what's happening after the service, and then we will move to the scripture reading. Thank you, Cynthia. Good morning again. I'm a little sad today because the church is not full. I wanted to see every seat taken, but God is in control. So we praise him and thank him for those of you that have turned out here today. So like I said before, that when I come into this sanctuary, I'm just overjoyed. Um, Pastor Jackie has brought a joy to this building that we have not known for a long time. And um, I am so grateful and thankful. And, and um, I just want to praise God and, and thank him for his many, many blessings. So as you know, today we're celebrating first fruits. And I want to say thanks to a couple of places, in a couple of places. I want to thank God for our church. I want to thank God for our four pastors that are amazing and dedicated. They nourish our lives each and every day. And from them, I see a glimpse of Jesus. They show me what Jesus is like, and that's where I want to go. And I thank them every day for all they do to nourish us and to make us children of God. I want to thank God for the farmers. We seem to forget them, but they toil and labor day after day, rain and sleet and sun and everything, to get the crops ready to be picked up and delivered to us so that we can enjoy a good meal. And so I want to thank God for them, and I want to ask his blessings upon them, that he would continue to strengthen them from generation to generation, because the farmers are a total generation business, so ask God's blessings upon them. Last but not least, I want to tell you all that I love you, dear, love you all dearly. I thank you for your dedication to this church, to God, for all the donations, the time, the offering to produce all these fruits for us today to give praise to God for his many, many blessings. So I want to thank you all for all that you have done to assist me in getting this day ready. So thank you, and I wish you all a blessed and happy Thanksgiving. We have a lot of perishable fruits here in the sanctuary, and you're all welcome to take something home if you so choose. Under the table, I have some plastic bags. So choose what you would like and enjoy it over the Thanksgiving holiday. So no need to go to Publix today. No, no. And just remember, come next door. There's lots of goodies over there. You don't want to miss out on that. So God bless you all, and thank you. Thank you so much, Cynthia. we come to a reading from the gospel according to Matthew. And it's the last chapter in Matthew's gospel. We read just a few verses of that gospel. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Jesus came near and he spoke to them. I have received all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Look, I myself <coughs> will be with you every day until the end of this present age. Thanks be to God for his word. Amen. Amen. Michael, I haven't forgotten anything, have I? No, because I was like, okay. I was like, you had that like, look, okay, so you to check that I hadn't forgotten something. Okay. So this passage today is known as the Great Commission. And it is a passage where we... We really know that according to Matthew and according to much of our tradition, these were the last words that Jesus spoke to us. And those are important words. Whatever becomes the last words are important. Um, it is about Jesus' authority. It is about Jesus' love. And it is about our purpose in life. It is to go into all the world 
Now, you can imagine, Jesus' disciples had witnessed the most horrific crucifixion. Their whole lives had been turned upside down. They, they were seeking purpose. They were seeking understanding. They were actually seeking relief from their pain. And Jesus comes with this incredible commission where he takes them out of their mourning, out of their distress, right into a place where he patterns for them a new way of being. He said, I want you to go into all the world. In 2030, we will celebrate 2,000 years as the church. People take a few years, depending on how the academics like to debate things, but essentially, by 2030, we will really celebrate what does it mean for the church to exist for 2,000 years. For 2,000 years, we've been going out into the world until we realize that the world is amongst us. You know, some, some of this scripture might have made sense to the first century Christians who would have heard Jesus on that mountain where he told them to go, where he told them to go into the world, preaching, teaching, baptizing, building communities, spreading the gospel, until we realize that for 2,000 years, people have been doing that. And so it's, there's almost a sense that by 2030, and certainly by now, we live amongst the world. One of the gifts of, of technology is allowing the world to be amongst us. Part of what we do today is we really celebrate how part of the expression of first fruits is how the world is amongst us. If you go shopping for fruit and vegetables, I remember when I grew up, you couldn't get vegetables and fruit that weren't in your season. I don't know if anybody remembered that. Now you can get fruit and vegetables. I mean, avocado pears, I remember waiting till April because we'd get them in April. Now you get avocado pears all year round. Okay, There's, you know, The reality is that even in our fruit and vegetables, the world is here. I get excited at Publix when I see that it's a product of South Africa. Okay. It's like, yes, it's not just me, you know. So the reality is the way we live, we actually live as the world lives. We live as a people beyond the boundaries of our countries, actually. The internet, the technology has brought us to one another. Now, if we go a little bit into scripture, we discover in the story of the Tower of Babel, confusion. We discover in the Old Testament where, where people gathered and they were trying to really edify their own power. And the very thing that divided them was their differences. We know that we struggle in the world in our differences. We don't always agree with one another. We have different culture. We have different experiences of our faith. But the reality is when we come to this great commission, there is something about the gospel message that calls us to a different mindset. No one is excluded in what Jesus wants his disciples to imagine. Because he really helps us see that we are beyond the nations that we are born into. That we are part of the kingdom of heaven. And so part of the joy of this particular congregation is the diversity that we get to experience, the difference of one another. And so part of what we celebrate today is that we are called to discover one another. You don't have to go to Jamaica to eat Jamaican food. You just have to go to Lauder Hills. <laughs> And that's the best Jamaican food, right? You don't have to go to Cuba to taste Cuban, but you don't have to go. You just, you just have to go to Miami. There is, there is a gift in our diversity. But part of what we're called to do is we're called to go 
to all the world. And quite frankly, it means that we need to go and discover one another. We need to change our mindset. I think what Jesus was doing with his disciples is he was calling them up on top of a mountain and he was telling them to go and be unstuck. Part of, part of the things that culture does for you is it, it really makes you stuck in a particular frame. It, I mean, that's part of what, and it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's very good. I love the fact that I grew up in South Africa. I grew up with grandparents that were Welsh. Very few people know that Wales even exists as a country. Never mind the language of Welsh. When you start to hear Welsh, you think people are really talking in tongues. You know, because it is a Gaelic language. It's very tribal. And I had Welsh on my father's side and on my mother's side. I grew up in a country where we have not one official language, but 11 official languages. Go figure, 11 official languages. I grew up in a country that was split by apartheid, really, where we actually had rules that separated us based on our color. I grew up in a country that struggled with racism deeply, that didn't pretend that racism exists. I grew up in a country that found a way of dismantling hatred. And I grew up in a country where I was reminded from when I was a child that the real gift of humanity is discovering the gift in another human being. Doesn't matter about their color. Doesn't matter about their gender. Doesn't matter about their sexual orientation. Doesn't matter how rich they are or poor they are. There is something about the gift of another human being that you and I are called to constantly discover. So that's the world that we're called to go into. Not just a missionary outpost, but ultimately every day is the possibility of a missionary outpost. Every day you can discover, particularly living in southeast Florida, somebody from somewhere else in the world. That, I mean, that is a fact. You just have to go to Publix. You just have to... <laughs> there is no way you can go, but you can find one person. We really live in the world. And we can choose to live it in two different ways. One, like the Tower of Babel, confused, not understanding languages. But I want you to remind you what happened when Jesus actually, when, when he told his disciples to wait. Because he was telling them to wait. You read what happened in Acts. They waited until the power of the Holy Spirit came on them. Then when the power of the Holy Spirit came on them, they spoke in languages that people could understand. I'm not sure if they could fully understand the language, but they could understand the tone and the sentiment. I want to tell you the people, Christians are not understood just by their language because I hear people speak the same language of me, but I don't often wonder whether they're in fact Christians. But it is the tone of love that we can experience in another human soul. So I think that going into all the world is going and being the hands, the feet, the love, the deepest expression of love. That's really what our mission is. Go into the world. Get unstuck if you are stuck in the importance of your culture. Because there is no, I mean, heaven is going to be a big rude awakening. <laughs> I mean, it really is going to be a massive rude awakening. So why don't you get ready for it now? You live in Southeast Florida. <laughs> I mean, you, you've got a heads up on a lot of people in this country. You really do. I mean, in the world, this place is the world. That's a fact. This place is the world. So we don't have to, we need to go and be unstuck. The second thing I want to, to speak about today is that we need to go together. I am taking a trip to Atlanta because I need to drive my sister's car back to Atlanta. She lent me a car, so I need to drive it because I now finally have to buy a vehicle. So, but I need to drive. Now, this is like my first long solar trip. Okay. But I have been on many trips with people. How many of you have traveled on trips with people? How many of you have packed... How many of you have a very particular way when you pack your vehicle when you go on holiday? I, I, Karen, I just, I want to see your boots, uh, your trunk. I want to see Karen's trunk when you go on holiday. Okay, we, okay. Sorry, wrong word. That's what we call it. We call a trunk a boot, okay? So I want to see, I, you know, I'm like, I'm just chuck it in. 
you know? And then I'm that one where I've got my foot. You know, I'm like, I, I'm, I, don't, I don't shop and have everything packed neatly. It all goes in the trolley. I'm that packer, okay? And the truth is, it would irritate Karen to no end. If you think that going with people is easy, well, you got it wrong. I mean, the truth is that... We have to go with other people because that's where we grow. We grow, I mean, we're not, you know, I like being with the children here in the, in the learning center because they like to, sometimes they have tantrums. Sometimes they just start screaming for no rhyme or reason. I feel like I want to start doing that some days. It's like, this is the day where I would just like to scream. And I, I, I don't want to use my words and I don't even want to use my nice voice. I just want to scream. But we know that we can't, we, we, we've got to find ways of actually going together. It means, well, maybe we do things differently than we would previously want to do. Going together takes huge effort. It means, my Lord, Amy, thank you for standing up here. <laughs> and thank you for, for coming up here, you know, because it means we go together. Some of us will be quicker. Some of us will be slower. Some of us will take a different type of journey. We go together. But going together is really important. Let me tell you, it is so boring going on your own. Going together is what makes all the difference. We grow together. You do not only develop a deep life when you're on your own. You develop a deep life when you are patient and you find times to be with one another. So Jesus didn't call one disciple. He called them all and he said, go together. Together is ultimately what matters. When Peter and James and John were with Jesus at the transfiguration, they didn't want to leave that mountaintop experience, but they ultimately had to. But it is going together that we experience the mountaintop experience. I can guarantee you that. It's being together that matters. So part of our journey in going into all the world is going together, is experiencing different aspects of what is sacred for one another. So let's do that. Let's share that gift with one another. And let's actually experience the gift of togetherness. I, I read this statement by a woman I was reading. I was sharing that with you, Myra, earlier. Um, I've been reading a woman by the name of Paula Darcy, and she, she's a writer, she's a psychologist. She went through a horrific tragedy. She was 27 years old, she was pregnant, and her child and her husband were horrifically killed in a motor car accident. And she has written and she has developed a deep life of wisdom and spirituality, and ultimately, it's through her pain that she has discovered the richness of life. And it's brave and courageous to listen to someone who, who has allowed you into their pain. And she says something really interesting about a retreat that she was leading, that somebody shared this with her. And I, I really felt that I wanted to share this with you today. She said, this woman said that she has discovered that when we look at the way we live in our lives in every decade, there is something of this for all of us. In our 20s, it's all about ourselves. And it's all about changing the world when we're in our 20s. And it is all about filling up our own cups. And nothing is impossible when we're in our 20s. Like life just feels like wonderful. By the time we get to our 30s, it's all about saving coupons. <laughs> because that's the time where we have to work through the nitty gritty details of life so I don't know if you know and, and saving coupons is what it's about in our 30s well where the time we hit our 40s it's about saving relationships because we begin to understand in our 40s that there are different archetypes that there are different people and so it's the time we start to piece it together. She then goes to say that by the time we hit our 50s, it's about saving our souls. It's about reclaiming our experiences that we neglected and that 
we rediscover the depth of who we are. And then she said, it's by the time we get our 60s that we've done full circle. It's about saving the world again. And I know that there are a lot of people in this church that are 60 and above. But the difference, so the 20-year-olds 20, 20 and the 60-year-olds have something in common. They both want to save the world. But 60 and above usually want to save the world. And the time has come where there is a wisdom in the way the world is saved. This time is about giving back. Not just to be thought well of, but truly giving back. I have experienced that spirit in this church, that there are world changers in this church, a lot of people 60 and above. And so may God truly bless you as you change the world around us, reminding us that doing it together is what matters. And finally, the thing I'd like to end with today is that we ultimately are called to not just go and get unstuck into all the world, not to just go into all the world, but we also called to go together and to go grateful. An attitude of gratitude. You know, we look at the colors. I know that there aren't too many colors of the seasons around us, but I know that someone said to me earlier on, you're going up to Georgia, you're going to see the seasons, right? So as we look at the seasons of our lives and as we receive the bounty of the harvest, we are reminded to be grateful. We are reminded to be grateful for what has been given for us, the sacrifices that people have been given so you and I can be blessed. And so sometimes it's important for us no longer just to focus on the colors of summer, but on the fall of autumn. You see, it is in the fall of autumn that we become surprised by the seeds that fall to the ground, by the leaves that become the compost, and earth in composting prepares for the next season. So sometimes we have to fall. Sometimes we have to lay beneath the compost because it is laying beneath the compost that the seeds are covered and the possibility of a new season gets planted. And often new seasons are planted in the hardest of times. The losses that we have felt that actually seem irredeemable force us to find new meaning. Seeds are silent when they fall. They don't make a lot of noise. They are silent when they fall. But they begin the process of a new kind of wholeness. We often speak about how all things are made new. I'm not sure if perhaps for you right now, you are living in a particular season of your life. But in every season, we get to have, as C.K. Chesterton said, a mystical minimum, and that is gratitude. We can either be happy or not. We can either be grateful or not. We can be resentful or not. But the mystical minimum is a choice to be grateful in all things. For I have learned to be content in all things. Were I invited in this season of fall and falling, of composting and birth and death, to discover an attitude of gratitude. Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you that your wisdom finds us in every season of life. For in the seasons is your presence. We pray, God, that you would teach us to live through gratitude in every season. Open our eyes to see the world. Disrupt us where we are stuck. Heal us where we are wounded. Free us where we are in chains so that we would be liberated 
to find gratitude in every season. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friends, won't you join me as we sing together? Let's stand. benediction. Beloved of God, place your whole trust in God's absolute abundant love. Feel the powerful presence of God in your life and know that God's blessings are with you. Go in peace and may God's peace always be with you. Amen. Amen. Now, don't go to the car park. <laughs> don't. <laughs> the yeah. um, we have made a basket for Shabbat, so th they will get some of the fruit that you all donated to us today. Thank you. So friends, we'll see you in the mission building. Don't forget to come and take um, from this table of abundance. And have a very blessed week. And Brooke's cake is in the lot. Oh, Brooke's cake, yeah. <laughs> Thank you.